Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how y'all doing? I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez, and I've got some games to talk about this here episode, including Amnesia the Bunker, Rubber Duck Wave Racer, Homebody, and Chasm the Rift. Now, before I get to all that, which I have been playing and streaming. You can go to the YouTubes right now. That is youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. I don't know why I said it that way, but you can go there and watch my archives of said streams, of said games that I will be talking about on this podcast in mere minutes. However, some stuff happened since the last episode, some showcases and whatnot. And I thought uh, maybe I should talk about them, specifically just the Xbox Showcase. I'm not going to go over everything that happened because there's a lot and I don't care enough to talk about everything and there's not enough time to waste on all of the stuff. Except I will say, outside of the Xbox Showcase, Jeff Keighley's Summer Games done showcase I don't, I don't remember what it is. Summer Games Fest? Is that what it's called? Or it's the... The Summer Game Fest. I remember somebody specifically calling it out for being a singular game. Whatever. That show was okay. Alan Wake 2 still looks pretty great. Though, the only reason I bring it up is because that... Uh, I don't want to be mean. But my god, was that Twisted Metal trailer fucking awful. That has to be one of the worst video game adaptations I have ever seen. If that is indicative of what we can expect of the final product. Tonally does not fit. Every attempt at humor, which is the entirety of that clip, it seemed, did not land. That was one of the unfunniest clips of anything I've seen in years. So if they were trying to not be funny, they succeeded. It was weird. It I don't understand it. They should just cancel the show. Don't put it out. It's when you are trying, I don't I just don't understand it. What is how does that what about that is twisted metal? Why are they doing this? Who is doing this? What did we do to deserve this? You just came off of making The Last of Us. And now you do... (laughs) How do you go from one of the best adaptations, in many eyes, probably the best, to this, which is going to be one of the worst, if not the worst, in terms of big budget, we're putting something behind this type of project because I'm not going to count you a bowl stuff and the more smaller things on the same level as something like The Last of Us or here, Twisted Metal, even though it's a Peacock show and not an HBO show or a Mac show at this point in time. It was just... I'm still in shock by how awful it was. But then maybe that's the point. 
it, it gets people talking. It sinks itself into your memory so you can't forget about it. Maybe that's what they're, they're going for because I don't remember much of anything else that I saw outside of the Xbox showcase except that awful trailer because it was so fucking awful. And I love Twisted Metal. I love the Twisted Metal series. And I think there is fun, potential fun to be had in a series, some kind of anthology series or something where they maybe took each episode to focus on a singular racer and, and maybe did a type of, or you, you, you set it up with the first few episodes and then you do a sort of clue thing where you show a hypothetical potential this if this person won this is what they would do you, you do it you the way i would treat a twisted metal show is akin to tales from the crypt or twilight zone something of that nature because of the way they handle the endings in the video games i think you do something like that and a twisted metal show could be really really fun and be good and also very different for a video game adaptation it, it, would, it would stand out but what they're doing, I don't... Why, why was that scene in an empty, quiet casino? I don't even think there, there were any sounds of the machines running. It was just... What? And then they sing the thong song? And that's not funny? <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's the equivalent of the the original rendition of Sonic for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie where you look at it and you're wondering what the fuck are you thinking do you think that this this appeals the the having it less cartoony and and I what all right I I don't I'm still I uh, I've got nothing but the Xbox showcase so that happened Sunday. I did not watch the Starfield deep dive after the main showcase because I am already sold on that game. I don't need to see too much about that game, if anything at all, because I love Bethesda, main-ass Bethesda games. I, I adore Morrowind. It is my fourth favorite game of all time. And Skyrim is pretty damn good as well. Oblivion was great in the moment, but doesn't hold up as well because I think the environment is, and and that slice of the world is not as interesting as uh, what we got in Morrowind and Skyrim. But still a solid game, and of course AI-wise and stuff like that, it was a big jump from Morrowind. But I still prefer Morrowind over Oblivion, and even over Skyrim for nostalgic purposes. But Skyrim has some more interesting systems and, and 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 part of it too is that Morrowind is the only time I've ever gotten into the modding community making mods myself I built my own town with working hotels and I, I learned little bits about this and that so that I could implement some systems and I remember specifically the Havish mod which introduced a banking system I think it had a strip club which was very exciting for me at the time given my age and had multiple quest lines. It was it was like an actual expansion that was free and it was incredible. And I 
will always have a special place in my heart for Morrowind. But I did not watch the Starfield thing, so I don't know how good it was, how well it sold people on the game, etc. So I, I didn't even look at Twitter or anything to see what people thought of it after the fact. But the, the main Xbox showcase I thought was pretty good. Really strong start. A little week in the middle where they reminded you that Fallout 76 was still a thing. Overwatch 2, it's getting some additional content. The Elder Scrolls Online, another life. I would have been way into that game, but whatever. For the people who like it, cool. And earlier they did uh, another Sea of Thieves collab, this time with Monkey Island, which is very cool. All those games, 76... T, uh, the other shows online, Sea of Thieves, ignoring Overwatch 2, fucking who gives a shit. But those games are all games that if I had a good group of people to play them with, I'm sure they would be a lot of fun. Except Morrowind, not, not, not uh, Morrowind, but the other shows online, I could play by myself if I really wanted to. And I'm sure with Fallout, but I'm more of an other shows person than a Fallout person. So I would need a group to kind of make it somewhat more interesting. But Sea of Thieves, definitely, I, I, I know it's supposedly much more playable or, or, or soulable. But it's a little too late for me, I feel like. But maybe one day, for at the backlog or streaming the backlog. Probably streaming the backlog. But the Xbox Showcase... The, the main critique I would throw its way before I get to the things I liked is that the majority of what we saw was either 2024 or dateless. Which isn't bad because I don't think you have to overflow or, or, or give us a lot of stuff for this year, but I do think they needed one more first party game for this year which would have been nice to have in November and would have been nice if it was Hellblade Senua's Saga. I think that's the subtitle for the sequel. But that is a 2024 game. So that that's not happening. And, and so we have Starfield in September on the 6th and Forza Motorsport in October on the 10th, I believe. So that's good. We got two very big first party games for this year. And Starfield is much more of a big property, something that appeals to a lot more people. As good as the Forza Motorsport series is, as much as I'm excited about it, I am potentially more excited about it than Starfield because I prefer the motorsport sports games and it's been a long time coming it's it's been i don't even know how many years at this point since seven so i've been really dying for motorsport to come back and it's been exciting because when they skipped that alternated year when they missed it and it was clear that they were going to be really focusing on making the next one into something special and what i'm looking at as a platform 
since it is just Forza Motorsport, not Forza Motorsport 8. It's been excited. It's been aggravating and annoying that it's taken this long to get here, but we're finally here and I can't wait to finally play it and play it and play it and play it. However, it's still a racing game and it's a racing sim game. Of course, the Forza Motorsport series is on the more casual friendly. It has a lot of accessibility options. It is very adjustable to your play preferences and how simmy and challenging you want to make it which is is part of the appeal it's something that if you want to get really in the woods with it you can but you can also turn on a lot of accessibility options and make it a somewhat arcadey experience but it's still a racing game and a racing a, a track racing game it, it's not a mass appealing game it's still a niche game and so I don't think it has the same impact as a more prestige title like on Sony's side your God of Wars your Last of Us is in your Horizons etc it's not something of that nature or on the Xbox side your Starfields or your I don't even know uh, Fable I guess but Gears uh, I, I, I don't think they have that much in terms of brand or or franchise power anymore I, I don't see a lot of excitement about Gears or especially Halo now and on that point I think given that we know what we're getting this year, because if there was something else I would have mentioned in the showcase, the one potential surprise, potential shadowy drop thing that could be big and could still come this year would be the rumored Halo Battle Royale mode from Certain Affinity. If that were to land in November, maybe that could be exciting. Or a Hi-Fi Rush DLC that was rumored. But Hi-Fi Rush is, again, not a big enough title to be the, hey, this is our November. This is our big November exclusive. So I think that is a bit of a letdown. Something that I think was needed. But we're still getting Starfield and Forza. Forza, I am absolutely certain will hit and, and be great. Starfield promising but you still you just never know you never know but the the rest of the show my number one thing that apparently was leaked and thank god I stopped or I have stopped paying attention to everything sites and don't watch twitter and all that kind of jazz because this was not spoiled for me. I've known this game existed because we've known that for a while now, but I did not know it was going to show up at the Xbox Showcase. And I am, of course... What the hell are you doing? You Google Home thing... Shh, I want to be quiet so that it didn't activate it. It looked like it was playing Pong with itself for a second. But the biggest surprise for me, just in it being there because I did not pay attention to rumors again, which I'm glad, 
and my game of the show, what is guaranteed to be my game of the year for 2024, is Persona 3, the, the remake. It looks fantastic. Uh, it looks fantastic for what it is. Of course, it's going to be a cross-gen title, and they want to put it on as, much, uh, as many platforms as possible. Day one on Game Pass, I don't care. I'm buying it day one to support them and to remind them that fucking we on Xbox, we like this shit. Keep it coming. But I am super, super excited for that. I love the fact that I... It's been a while since I've played it, so some of the terminology is not there. I think the the guns they used to bring about the personas were called invokers. But I was excited to see, and I didn't even notice the first time I saw the trailer because since it was the same, it probably did not register as, as something I needed to... to make note of but the fact that they are keeping that in there where the there were talks and concerns that potentially they might in a remake change the way you bring about your persona because the image of fucking teenagers shooting themselves in the head maybe not something you want to put out there but i am so glad because i think it is important to the story of persona 3 and i just I can't be more excited for that. And it, when the first rumblings of the remake were out there, I was getting excited. But now that we actually see, and, and there were a few leaked images, I think, but seeing this actual reveal trailer, it changes my tune on the recently released remasters or ports i don't know exactly what they were referred to as etc but the the collection of persona 4 golden and persona 3 portable for modern consoles and probably i'm i'm sure it's on last gen consoles as well the fact that we got portable bugged the shit out of me at the time. But I'm assuming that's because they knew we were getting the remake. And because we're getting the remake, which is the PS2 game, I'm not only not annoyed anymore by the inclusion of portable, but I'm kind of happy that that's what they gave us. Because one, that game until now was locked to the PSP, so it was very very hard to play outside of emulation and two it is a different thing and and since we are getting this remake that is very much so the other thing that i wish we got i'm fine not having that because i can always go back to that original version of course which was always the, the case but we're getting this remake super excited about that on the persona thing we also got persona 5 tactics which looks like a game that can run on the Switch. But it, it's a tactics game. It's Persona. If it's a good game, that's fine. It, it just isn't a visual stun or anything of that nature. There was also another Atlas thing that I think was something that I, I don't remember that one because there, there's a lot in this showcase. Then we also got the 
next or the follow-up for the like a dragon i guess essentially like a dragon 8 the one with the new guy the turn base yakuza games which i i still haven't played that one so i don't remember that character's name but we saw the trailer for that which is fun and it was nice seeing sega and atlas representation to a decent degree in the showcase no square of course no final fantasy 7 remake part one that i thought it would be a fun thing to just shove in my face as i've bitched and moaned about it and did so recently with enchi but then at the top of the show we got fable and mostly just a this is a a tonal and potential type of what to it looks like it might be very fairy tale focus which could be fun but it, it was more of a, a another tonal here's some in-engine footage trailer but given what we know about the studio and the development of that game it's still a, a ways off we got an avowed trailer which looks all right it looks like a colorful elder scrolls game that has a stronger focus on combat because that was never the strong point of the Elder Scrolls games. It was more about the exploration and all of that. There was da, 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 Compulsion Games. Okay. Well, show me more. I don't know what the hell to make of your game outside of it aesthetically being interesting, but so was We Happy Few. And We Happy Few was We Happy Few. More flights and stuff, which looks good. Hellblade. I talked about some solid third-party islands outside of the, the Atlas and Sega stuff, like the, I forget what it was called, but the Capcom game that looked like it was Anamusha, but then wasn't Anamusha, looks very, very cool. Great color, some interesting-looking combat. Excited to see more of that game and, and learn more about it. And I'm sure there are some other things, but... That is, yeah, there, there are other things, but the, the, those are the things that mainly stood out to me. And mainly Persona 3 Remake. Just give give me that. Give me it right now because that's all I want. But that's enough about all of that. We've, we've spent enough time on the Xbox Showcase and all that jazz. So let us get on to what I've been playing, starting with Amnesia the Bunker. This is... A horror game set in the amnesia universe i guess i don't know what that means having played very little of the series i've only played the first game which i think was subtitled the dark descent and only up to the point where the monster first shows up about an hour or two in maybe an hour and a half it's where you're in like a room and then the the monster shows up and i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm good bye bye I don't know if they later implemented a safe mode, which would get me to actually play through the whole game. But with the bunker, you are, I don't know which world war this is presumably taking place in, but you end up in a bunker and you have to escape. There was some kind of explosion or whatever that blocked off the, the, exit and the only way to bust out through it 
issue then or you know there was like a, a rock collapse or whatever so you have to get some explosives and stuff to blow it up but you are alone in this bunker with limited electricity and a light you power by pulling a string that makes a lot of noise monster doesn't like that and you have to worry about a monster that is hiding in the walls so there are holes all over the the compound the facility whatever you want to call this the the, the bunker i guess that's what you would call it because it's called amnesia the bunker so you want to avoid the holes and maybe they hey they wait until you're you've made a certain amount of progress to have the monster roam in the halls but when i tested out to see how long it would take the monster to come to me when i made a shitload of noise i shot an explosive barrel and just kept pulling on my flashlight it wouldn't come but it was making a lot of noise like shut the fuck up dude i'm trying to scare you by making growls every now and again but you won't shut up with your stupid pulley fucking come on and then i just after i pissed it off enough making noise and it wouldn't come to get me i went to it i got in front of a hole crouched down i started pulling some more i'm like come on come and get me will you get me or am i at a point in this game where it won't come and get me and then it got me and it killed me and i was like oh there it there it is so i'm not entirely sure it would it would be weird if the monster never left the the holes because it would make the game significantly easy knowing that you don't have to worry about anything coming to get you as long as you avoid these holes and I, I, this whole system made me think of that alien game, Alien Isolation. And, and I couldn't remember if that development team has roots in the Amnesia series. And I don't know if the people who made that have any involvement with this. But in my head, there's some kind of relation. The game is also structured like classic Resident Evil games, which I don't think any of the other Amnesia games were, where you have your map of the bunker and a bunch of rooms to explore, gather information from, gather items from, some of which are currently locked off and you have to find information in other places, a bunch of lockers with locks in them where you have to find the codes, very classic Resident Evil-y where you are going to be exploring more and more and opening more of the area opening shortcuts as you progress with your safe room where you have an item box and not a typewriter to save the game but a lamp that you click on and you will save it by lighting it there doesn't seem to be a limitation to how often you could save or you, you don't need to find fuel for that particular lamp you do need to use fuel to light up the generator in the basement of the safe room that will give electricity to the facility and you have all these switches that will light up certain areas you'll get a, a watch that you sync with the generator so you know exactly how much time is left on the generator so you don't get stuck out in the dark though you'll you do have your flashlight again it just makes a lot of noise so not great to use uh, as much as possible and dead silence there I liked a lot about what it was throwing at me. I 
love that structure because I love classic Resident Evil games. And the story seemed like it could be interesting. There was a lot of it. The, the vast majority of my hour and 10 or so minutes into it, I was finding a lot of notes and I was reading a lot of story bits. And that was okay, but kind of a bit much when I would just go into a room and I'd maybe find a singular bullet, which and, and you have a gun in the game, but you're, you're mostly going to use that for environmental things. If the monster shows up, it would just be to slow it down so that it can get away. It, you're not going to kill it. There's even a note that tells you exactly that, which is not at all surprising. It is a revolver, very, very, very limited ammunition. So it's, it's not something, this isn't a survival horror game in the vein of Resident Evil where you can defend yourself and there are adversaries that you will be able to full on kill, kill. It's not like that. It is very much a horror game where you're going to want to hide and stuff like that. However, a game breaking, uh, a game crashing bug that hard crashed me to dashboard ended up killing the exp uh, the entire experience for me and ruined any potential I had in wanting to play more. I'm playing the Xbox Series X, so keep that in mind. Don't know if this is something that you have to be concerned about on other platforms. And this is something that could be updated soon for the game. It is on Game Pass. But the fact that it happened to me after just about an hour of play and the the concern that it could happen again made me no longer interested in the game the as i just said the game did hard crash to me to the dashboard why this is a problem is because of its adherence to classic horror survival horror structure with the way the save system works, which is manual. So while it did seem to do a bit of auto saving prior to reaching the save room, as soon as I got to the save room, it did not save my game again on its own. And what that led to was 30 minutes of lost progress. I had no interest in replaying those 30 minutes. And it's partially because given the genre and everything it's a tense experience i am a big baby i don't want to feel all that again even though i would be able to go off of past experience unless it varies from moment to moment but if it was like my first run through that 30 minutes of play i wouldn't have to worry about the monster coming to get me or anything of that nature there weren't any jump scares in those moments and there were a few things where i did certain things to solve puzzles that were excessive and I didn't need to do and I wasted a bullet here or there. You uh, exploding a, a barrel to blow up this door when there was a vent I could have just pulled off and gotten in there and opened it from the inside, which I didn't even realize. So I, I could have better optimized that time lost. However, that's a, that's a significant amount of time I lost. And there is nothing that would make me feel confident that that would not happen again. 
so with that, I stopped playing the game. And I'm not going to return to it until I hear explicitly that that is something that can't happen again. Because until then, I would feel the need to constantly just go back to that save room every five minutes to save or implement a quick save system or something because that is not that is not okay to me there's nothing worse for a game to do than waste your time and there's nothing that wastes your time more than crashing to the dashboard without any kind of quick save system or anything so that you're you're just fucked because the game is leaving it all on you also while there is no safe mode the game does include difficulty options easy normal and hard that is probably called insane or something or a nightmare but i i started on normal because i wanted to see what the normal quote unquote normal experience was like and i i knew this is going to be a short play for me because i, I just want to get a taste of it I am annoyed that you cannot adjust the difficulty post starting the game. So if you were someone who wanted to try your luck with normal mode, for instance, to see if it was going to be too scary for you, if you're someone like me who is on the babier side of things, if you realized an hour or two plus in that it was too much for you and you wanted to drop down the difficulty to something a bit easier that wouldn't scare you as much and you wouldn't have to worry as much about death the the easy difficulty level does not say death is impossible but that it's much more unlikely to happen to you it's not something you really have to worry about but if you were in that situation where you you start out normal and realize that was too much and you want to drop it down to easy you can't do that. I'm not a fan of that in general, but I'm especially not a fan of that in a game like this, a horror game where there's there's more of a likelihood you would want to potentially adjust the difficulty post starting the game. But again, that bug that led to the game crashing on me, losing all that progress, that was enough for me to say, you seem good, but I'm good for now. Keep that in mind. Uh, but... If you want to risk it, want to give it a go yourself, it is on Game Pass. So feel free to check it out. I think it is a, a series exclusive. That is, I, I don't believe it is last gen. I think it is only current gen, uh, a current gen game, but also on other platforms as well. So also look into the potentiality of that issue being on other platforms before committing to it uh, to purchase or anything of that nature but that is again amnesia the bunker next up is rubber duck wave racer which is a licensed game of the there's like the strassel rubber duck industry i don't know but it is a uh a cart racer essentially but in water so i guess a wave racer like and it, it has really, really good menu music. Really, really good menu music. And the track music is also kind of all right as well. It has a wide variety of track music that 
thematically fits in line with whatever the theme of a track is if it's a uh, sci-fi track or something that is Japanese in nature uh, the the music suits each of the the areas very well the game though is not good the physics are insane a lot of the jumps will send you flying high in the sky you can easily one just don't go on the jumps because they ruin your momentum and all these things they're just horrible but it's easy to just tap a corner or whatever and then you your momentum is lost and you just uh the the power-ups are garbage the levels themselves are poorly designed and many of them rely too much on throwing land or, or sea mines all over the place for you to avoid the ai is incredibly stupid though in some cases regardless of difficulty there will be one ai who is just fucking having the race of their life and then other ones are fucking getting stuck in corners and you're lapping them and nobody knows what's going on control wise it doesn't feel that great you get to unlock a bunch of ducks all right but it it, it is also potentially a decent game for youngins and your non average player in that unlike a lot of these racing games it is a very bumper cardy type of racer in that you have your your rails on both sides or whatever you can't you can't go off the course you're always stuck on the course you're going to lose your momentum and come to a screeching halt if you hit the 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 guides or the the the, the boundaries uh, at a certain point and are hitting them too often but it's just it's it's a very dull racer with difficulty achievements that do not stack dumb and i think 16 tracks that are all over the place in terms of lap length as well there are some tracks that a lap could last maybe 30 seconds and then ones where a lap is almost two minutes seems weird you do you think there might be a more consistent pace uh length to the the laps i'm trying to think if there's anything about the game to particularly make note of outside the the menu i really 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 like the menu music the in-game music again i said it's you know it's decent but that menu music was fucking great very very good i enjoyed it quite a lot but it peaked there it was all downhill after that or as i titled the stream archive it was all downstream from there which i didn't even realize is kind of duly referential in that downstream because it's in water but also stream because it was a stream archive oh my god but that's rubber duck wave racer it's 
not a particularly great kart racer type. Sadly, I was excited about it too. I like me a, a kart racer, and I find that if you're a kart racer without Mario in the title, there's a better chance of me liking you. Not the case here. I'll, I'll give Mario Kart the nod in this battle. Then we have Homebody, which is a game I don't want to talk too much about because it is very mystery-centric, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised by it. I played two hours, a little less, on stream, and I would say it's not the best stream game unless you are specifically playing it with your audience and working together with them to try and figure out what's going on. Because if you're not doing that and you're just having a regular stream where you're chatting about this, that, and whatever, it's a lot easy, or it's very easy to miss things and not follow through on things before stuff happens and then you have to do certain things all over again. The The basic structure and story uh, of, of, of the game is that you are meeting up with some friends at this house and it's essentially one giant escape room of a house where when you get there, door locks behind you and you have to figure out how to unlock it so they can get out because there is some kind of monster that shows up that's not too much of a spoiler but and this isn't too much of a spoiler either because it is the main structure of the game and how everything works when you die you will return to the house to to when you first got there and you both you as the player and the character themselves remember what happened in your previous run and any additional previous runs as they will happen. So any in-game clue you find will remain in your little inventory of clues, any information, etc. All that stuff remains from run to run to run to run, as well as learning more about your friends and yourself. And they, they do a fun thing where when you have conversations with characters post that initial run, and you're talking about what is actually happening, you will select something, but what you actually say is is different in the same way that... What was the movie, a TV show? Or where you want to say something, but the words that are coming out are not what you are actually thinking because you're not allowed to tell people about what's actually going on. It, it, ha it has a PlayStation 1 E uh, aesthetic, which is nice. And well, was there voice acting? I don't think so. But I, I like the aesthetic. I think it looks pretty all right. It, it, does, it does utilize a fixed camera system, which can be finicky when, specifically when trying to run away from the monster if it's chasing you. Because as you know, if you've played any game with fixed cameras, when you transition from scene to scene, the direction you are, or you were pushing it in, if you, you, if you continue pushing in that direction, that doesn't mean you're going to continue moving in whatever direction you were before the transition. So you might constantly run back and forth between scenes because 
when you transition, the direction you were pushing in now pushes you in the opposite direction. So that can be very frustrating. But I find, despite some little quirks here and there, the dialogue isn't always the best. And sometimes there's a little bit too much flavor text going on that is providing you with information about characters and their lives that isn't pertinent to anything. And sometimes they just go on and on and on and I just want them to shut the fuck up. There is also the inclusion of public domain books for the sake of no reason other than having them there, seemingly, like the entirety of Bram Stoker's Dracula and the Bhagavad Gita, pronunciation of San. Um, but I found the game very fascinating. And with each playthrough, so because it, it has this Groundhog Day nature, essentially, I found the way characters behaved differently between runs and the way the story expanded gradually, how it would do certain things to maybe help you out and give you some clues as to what you might want to try in your next run if you are struggling and not seeming to make any kind of progress. I'm into it. I played a little bit more and I'm planning to quote-unquote beat it, which is, uh, by that I mean... Escape the house, though that might not be the end end. There might be more to discover than just getting out of the house because I'm sure the 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 ultimate goal is to solve the, the whole thing and open the exit before a single one of your friends dies so that everyone can leave alive. But if, if you're a fan of horror puzzly games... It's not scary either. As, as someone who's a big baby, the monster, maybe it's the aesthetic and that more uh, classic look to it that makes it not as menacing or scary. The, the monster has somewhat of a play doctory type of look to them. But if you, if you like uh, yourself a mystery-centric horror puzzle game, I highly recommend Home Buddy. Of course, it could fall flat. Maybe it won't stick the landing. But what I've played up until this point, uh, both on stream and off stream, has me very interested in this game in a way that I haven't been with most games I've played this year. So that's something. And yeah, it, 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 it was a friggin' huge surprise for me I went into it thinking maybe it'll be okay and left thinking this is this is this is different this is kind of exciting what's gonna happen next where is this gonna go I want to know more about this you you can gauge the success or failure of a mystery by how 
how much or how much you want to learn the 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 or how much you want to figure out the mystery. So if you have a mystery in front of you and you couldn't care less about discovering what's going on, failure. If it's the opposite, success. Homebody is a success because I want to I want to learn more. I want to figure things out. I want to save my friends even though they're kind of stupid and I don't particularly like any of them. Even so, I want to just I want to figure things out. So, good on you, homebody. Then the last game I played is Chasm of the Rift, which is a classic first-person shooter that has its origins in 1997, developed in Ukraine. I don't know all of the backstory behind this game's development and whatnot as... uh, And by that I mean, I don't know if this is a game that originally did come out and this is a port or a remaster or something of that nature or if this is a game that started development way back then never ended up getting a full release and was finally finished and released now i don't i I did not read the full description uh, on that front but it is very much so a first person shooter of that era of the late 90s it feels pretty good as a shooter level design is a bit hit or miss though the way levels are structured from what i played it is very much so a certain amount of level is open so go find a switch that will unlock this area that will then reveal another switch that will unlock another area maybe there'll be a key card here or there and so on and so forth until you finish a level the the enemies one of the things i don't like about the game is that even your regular enemies, regardless of how far away they are from you, they hit hard. Uh, I was playing on normal difficulty. They, they do a lot of damage. You also do a significant amount of damage, even if using a shotgun from long distance. So it kind of evens itself out. But I, I would have liked it if the enemies dropped health packs or something to offset the fact that even a regular enemy, if they sneak up on you because the game does like to do things where you're going somewhere and then they open up a door behind you after you pass by it to let a few enemies come and get you and get a few easy shots on you which I don't like that that's cheap and and bullshitty but overall I was having a really good time with the game and I when I reached the first boss I liked the way everything played out in that I couldn't defeat it with my regular weapons, even my rocket launcher. It wasn't enough. What I had to do eventually after unlocking a few things and getting ready to to beat that level was lure it to this one section where I would then open up a gate where I turn on this very big and powerful fan and get it to end up in that area where it would get sucked up by the fan and the fan would kill it. Super, super cool, clever. I I like the fact that it was a boss where it wasn't just reliant on me shooting the shit out of it because it had an extra large health bar. It instead required me to use the environment to my advantage to figure out how to defeat this boss that was otherwise indestructible. Love that. What I don't love about the game 
is the inclusion of a quick save and quick load system. Conceptually, sounds great. Love it. What the problem, or where the problem lies, is that the quick save and quick load options are mapped to the directional pad. Left is quick save, right is quick load. It's nice that it's there and easy to access. However, especially since this is a very fast moving game and it's even faster when you max out the FOV, which is what I did. I, I put it to 120 because I, I like doing that. And it's very, very fluid. You could also, in addition to doing all that, decent amount of visual options. You can have it a more aliased or anti-aliased, very clean, crisp, aesthetic uh, visual styling, or you can go the more pixelated route. The, the, the max pixelation, too pixelated, don't do it. I found that three on the pixelation slider, which is about the halfway point, pretty good uh, compromise between the two. And visually, I like it. Uh, it's, it's not visually speaking doing what some games do which is increasing the fidelity and giving it modern lighting or anything like that it is very much so a game that just it looks like it's stripped from 97 and put on modern consoles without any adjustments to the the visual stylings but the problem is that with it being a fast-paced game and and i'm playing the xbox the way the controller is set up Left analog stick, very, very close to that left button on the D-pad. And given how fast you're moving and how fast things are going on, it is very easy to accidentally hit that directional pad, accidentally quick saving the game. And why this is a problem is because you could quick save in a situation where you either have put yourself in a position where you can't, you're just fucked, or you can quick save after you die and just load that, which then when you restart after a death, it puts you at the beginning of a level with all your weapons, everything lost. So you'll have to get all your weapons again. A little frustrating, but usually they make up for this by having some room near the beginning of a level where you can re-get the weapons. Uh, so that's okay-ish. But still frustrating. But I, I made a few issues uh, or had a few hiccups with the, the quick saving throughout my time. And it wasn't a problem until the very end where I killed that boss. And then when going to pick up some health before leaving to finish the level. I got killed by that fan when I was trying to... Uh, trying to avoid it and not get sucked into it and get a health pack and get out of my way. I was doing this all really fast. Hand slipped or whatever off the left analog stick. I was trying to push away from the the fan in the direction of the D-pad. Didn't happen, but my finger must have slipped off. Hit that left directional pad uh, and quick saved it after I died. And, and then I was just fucked. I, would, I, I, I had to restart the level if I wanted to progress because the issue with 
the quick save and quick loading feature, which I do like conceptually again, is that you do not have multiple save slots. And the game isn't quick saving or anything on its own in additional slots. So you have your singular save. And that is it. And because of that, one, like with the, the bunker, but for a different reason, I was done. I was not going to replay that entire level because I would have to replay the entire level because that was the very end because of a poorly implemented system that could have been easily fixed by just having multiple save slots so that your, your, your most recent quick save would be the one that is tied to the quick load uh, on the right direction but the game would retain your last three or so quick saves. So in the case, uh, in the instance, or the, the potential hypothetical fucked up quick save, you wouldn't completely fuck yourself. Is it on me to some extent? Sure, because I hit the button. Uh, you know, I should have been more careful, I guess. But at the same time, this is a problem that, again has an easy solution just retain multiple quick saves or have a quick save of your own that you are doing in addition to me manually quick saving as i as i do but they don't have that and so that that system ended up fucking me over and and that was enough for me to say "I'm, i'm good because the game itself while decent visually not that interesting I, I i found the enemies to be pretty bland and boring just a bunch of army men in green with some bugs that i, I looked at the game to some extent and not for exact reason not because there's one-to-one comparison but Made me think of Power Slave in or Power. It was Power Man Enslaved or something in whatever that one is. That I, I think that was a Saturn game that they uh, that Night Dive Studios brought back. I just rather play that or any of their other games because that studio is incredible. And I got a code for System Shock on PC, which I need to check out. So, anywho, that that is Chasm the Rift, and that is that. That is all. So that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. I also got my hair cut. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that, but I got it cut. And I'm happy with it. Again, January, you're fucking, you're fantastic. You're the best. Can't, can't be happier than I am with the, the, the job you've been doing. As someone who, who's had a lot of issues with their hair, you've been a miracle for me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, January. You're the best. Sports clips, chef's kiss. But I am, again, pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site, the YouTubes, the what-have-yous, the Patreons, etc. can all be found over at pxsausage.com. I am continuing the slow and painful deletion of old tags and cleaning up of the site 
it's I, I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel but my god is it just going to be a fucking continued nightmare but I want to do it so I will do it streaming wise I think the plan moving forward is to do pixelated playtime on the weekends and then leave the week for second runnings, streaming the backlog, stuff like that. But it's all still very, very fluid, changing. We don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know. But again, site, YouTube, Patreon, etc. All over at pxsausage.com. If you want to join the Patreon, great. Would mean a whole hell of a lot. You'll get access to weekly Q&As as well as maybe a few other things here and there but that is that so as always thank you for watching or listening I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week and week and so for now adios Rivederci. Bye.